Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. Okay, so can we just stop the arguing and stop the debating that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time? Because it's true. If you didn't think it before, you need to think it now or you need to know it now. Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. He's won five Super Bowls. He has not only won five Super Bowls, but he's been to seven. And we all know how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl because some teams in the NFL have never even been. Some teams will never probably go. So it's very hard to even make it to the Super Bowl, let alone win one. Tom Brady, can we just talk about that game for just a second? Can we just give credit where credit is due? The Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl in one of the best Super Bowl games I have ever seen. The first time in history that the Super Bowl went into overtime. Tom Brady was, of course, deservingly named the Super Bowl MVP on Sunday night for his historical performance against the Atlanta Falcons. He set several records that was arguably his most triumphant performance of any big game. You know how people always say you are only as good as your last? That's the way I look at my podcast. I'm only as good as my last episode. Well, it's kind of true. You're only as good as your last. And Tom Brady's last game, it just proves that he is the GOAT. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at the greatest players of all time, you have to look at not only championships, but what they do to change the game. And Tom Brady, he changes the game. In that game against the Falcons, that comeback was something special. And it was definitely a Super Bowl comeback. Almost looked set up. It almost looked rigged. It was so beautifully executed. I'm not saying that the Super Bowl was rigged, so don't jump on me about that. I'm not saying that the game was rigged. It was. It looked so perfect. The comeback looked so phenomenal that it just looked like something that you could see in a movie. Now, some people say that this was the most exciting NFL game they've ever witnessed. This game gave us both the largest comeback and the first overtime in Super Bowl history, like I said. Now, the game was not exciting from the very beginning. At one point, it appeared that the Atlanta Falcons were going to waltz away with a huge blowout victory, but Tom Brady, of course, and his New England Patriots, they were very effective, and they shut them down. They came back. After falling behind 28-3, to the Patriots managed to rattle off 31 unanswered points and win the first ever fifth quarter game in Super Bowl history. Brady was making clutch throw after clutch throw, and it only took 2 minutes and 33 seconds to drive 91 yards, ending with a one-yard touchdown. Eventually, the game ended up, went into overtime, And the Patriots won the coin toss. And at this point, the Falcons' defense had been on the field for the majority of the game. And they were tired. You could just tell they were exhausted. The Patriots marched 75 yards in just under four minutes to win the game on a two-yard run. Now, I, I don't really know what else to say, but... Congratulations to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now, I'm not a New England Patriots fan, and I'm not even a Tom Brady fan. But you have to appreciate greatness. And that's what it is when it comes to um, to sports. You, you have to really just 
appreciate times like this and players like this when you are able to watch them live. You know, Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. I got to witness Michael Jordan play in his prime in the 90s, and that's why Michael Jordan is my favorite player. You know, Larry Bird, they say, was great, but I never did get to see Larry Bird play. They say Magic Johnson was great. I never did get to see Magic Johnson play. Of course, you can look back at videos, and you can look at social media, and you can look at videos from the past and pictures and, and remember all those great players back in the day, but there's just something about watching the player in their prime while you're alive. And that's why some people always have a different goat in their mind. People usually tend to go with who was the best in their era. Well, it's going to be hard to catch up with people like Michael Jordan in basketball, and it's going to be hard to keep up with people like Tom Brady in football. The uh, the Super Bowl was great. Not just the game, but everything. I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. It started out with... President George H.W. Bush getting wheeled out onto the field in his wheelchair. Because keep in mind, the former president is in his 90s. And he came out with his wife, Barbara Bush, who he's been married to for over 70 years. Think about that. He's been married over 70 years to this woman. So I think that when one of those two individuals pass away, the other one's not going to be too far behind. Because how can you navigate through this world after you are so used to standing side by side with someone for over 70 years. But it was really cool to see H.W. Bush come out on the field, flip the coin toss. He's a big sports fan. He's always been a big baseball fan, football fan. So you could tell that this meant a lot to President Bush. You can tell that he loved being around the athletes, the energy, and just the special ambiance of of the Super Bowl. The halftime performance, I think Lady Gaga killed it. I honestly think it was an historical performance, one of the top five best performances in Super Bowl history, and I knew it was going to be before she even did it because it's Lady Gaga. She has that it factor. She has that shock value to her performances. Gaga... You cannot compare her to people like Britney Spears, to people like Madonna, because she's Gaga. You can't say that she is comparing herself to someone or she's trying to be someone else. She's her own person, and she brought her own style to the Super Bowl. She can sing. How many people actually sing at the Super Bowl? She did not lip sync. She sang, and you could tell her huffing and puffing throughout the show. I love that because she was actually giving a raw performance. Her vocals are outstanding. She has a beautiful voice. I know she's from New York, and she's trained all of her life to be a singer. So you can tell she's got the professional background in her vocals. And Gaga just gave a wonderful performance. She came down from the roof. Of the stadium. Now, could you imagine coming down from a stadium? No, thank you. I'm afraid of heights. I don't think I could do it. Now, if there was, if it was the Super Bowl and I was performing the halftime show, I would consider it just for my fans and just because you have to do something big if you are performing in front of billions of people. (laughs) So she did exactly that. I wish they would have showed her actually falling from the stadium. 
uh, from the very beginning because some people are saying that it's set up that she really didn't jump off the stadium because when she jumped, it kind of just panned to her falling uh, halfway, but she fell the whole way. But, you know, it is what it is. There's uh, there's this controversy about her belly, that she has a pooch in her belly. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. A pooch in her belly? Come on. Are we really going to... The person who probably is saying... The people who are probably saying that weigh 400 pounds by about 4 foot 11 inches tall and probably eating chocolate cake as they're sitting behind their computer making comments about Lady Gaga with not a shred of talent. It's people like that who like to poke fun at people because they're bitter and mad. But I think Gaga's performance was great. Good job, Gaga. I think that you reached the hype that you were anticipated to to have. I want to talk about this new appointment to the Department of Education. Uh, This is a really big thing for me because my career is in education, my primary career. So education, I believe, is the foundation to a brighter country and a good future for this country because with education, you have jobs, you have uh, new technological advances, you have medical breakthroughs. So it's important for our youth to be educated. Donald Trump made an appointment uh, to Betsy DeVos as his Secretary of Education. The first time in history, the Senate tied with a 50-50 vote on whether or not she should be indeed the Secretary of Education. Anytime that the Senate has a toss-up and they can't make a decision, the Vice President comes in and breaks the tie. Well, for the first time in history, this had to be done. Mike Pence, the Vice President, went in, broke the tie, and made it official. Betsy DeVos is the new Secretary of Education. All the way up to this point, I have agreed with Donald Trump in his appointments. I have, I do not agree with this one. Totally against it. For one, let's look at her education. I have more education than this woman. Think about that. I have more education than the Secretary of Education. I have a master's degree. She has a bachelor's degree. What also irritates me about Betsy DeVos is her lack of public school experience. I believe that the education that our youth gets in public school is the real education. That is where true education lies in this country because the majority of our students, the majority of our kids are in public school. Her children never went to public school. She's probably never went to public school. I I don't know that to be a fact. But she has never been involved in public school activities. It's always been private. So how is someone with little education, little experience in public school, become the secretary of education? And what really just irritates me about all of this is Donald Trump says, I think she will do wonderful things and make great decisions as our Secretary of Education. Why does he say that? It made me think, you know, well, Donald Trump's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. But this is what it comes down to. He has so many different offices and positions he has to appoint. I think it comes down to he just has to pick one. 
and he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about who goes into what office. He's got a team of people around him, and I'm sure his family is a part of that close circle team of his, who decides on who's going to get these positions. He did not think this one through because what he did is he has hired someone who has made several contributions to the Republican Party candidates. He has hired somebody that has a lot of money and whose family has a lot of power. And this is a perfect example of nepotism. Someone getting a job, not because they're the best one for the job, but it's because who they know and how much money they got, etc., and it's very disappointing with Trump. It really is. I mean, I, I know the man's not perfect, and I know there's a lot of people who are just pissed off at Trump just for breathing. And, you know, I'm not that type of person. Those who listen to this show know that I supported Trump in the election, and I still support our president. I think he's still going to do great, but this one, Trump, you got wrong. I'm here to tell you, you, you did this one wrong. And you should be ashamed of yourself. And I think that you're going to hire and fire a lot of people throughout your presidency. Overall, good and Super this Bowl. The commercials the were, eh. The commercials have been so disappointing over the last couple years. I've just not seen a commercial that's really caught my eye. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really pay attention to the commercials that much. I'm not sitting there uh, because I'm there watching the Super Bowl. I'm watching the game, too. Because I know that the Super Bowl is not all about the game. It's about just the whole event, the commercials, the performances, the, you know, the people who are showed up, that show up, the interviews that are before and after the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. But I don't really pay attention to the, to the commercials because I still get up and do stuff during the commercials. You know, if you sit there and watch every commercial and watch the game and watch the performances and watch the interviews during the Super Bowl, you never get up. So there's got to be a time that you get up, and I would just rather get up during a commercial than a part of the game. That's just me, though. UK football had a commercial during the halftime of the Super Bowl. I thought it was great. I thought that it was pretty cool. Whoever does their editing, it's very professional. It's. I thought it was a slam dunk for... Uh, the team. Good exposure. I'm really excited about UK football, and it's amazing we're even talking about Kentucky football during basketball season in February, because Kentucky basketball has just been in a rut. They've lost the last couple of games. Uh, Malik Monk has the last couple of games. He's been held scoreless for minutes at a time, and I can't remember the last time that a player like Malik Monk was held scoreless. I could see maybe a game, but game after game, it's kind of, it's it's a little strange. But Kentucky, they play, they played uh, the University of Tennessee and got beat down in Tennessee. Uh, they played Kansas and got beat at Kansas. Almost lost to Georgia. Then they went down to Gainesville and played Florida and got their butts beat. Beat Badly. I mean, they got a whooping from the Florida Gators. And Mike White, I knew that he had a good team down there. Florida has a chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament this year. I think Kentucky's going to go into the tournament as a three seed. And I think that they're going to meet 
a I think that Kentucky is going to meet a uh, possibly a, a team like Florida in the Elite Eight. So, yeah, you know, who knows what could happen there? It's it's going to be very interesting. Kentucky's a very frustrating team this year to watch. Calipari said that he is going to run his players until they throw up. He's going to practice them until they throw up. So he wanted to have a three-hour practice, and they apparently succeeded with that. They got through a three-hour practice. Okay, i got to end with this. The Kentucky basketball team is down in Alabama right now about to play uh, at 1 p.m. They're about to tip off, and apparently they got no sleep, and it wasn't because of the early tip-off. It's because their alarm kept going off last night. Uh, not once, not twice, but three times it went off. It went off once at 5 a.m. Then it says it went off another time at, or started off at 3.30 a.m., then to 5 a.m., and then to 7 a.m. So they were up, I mean, by that point, at 7 a.m., I'm sure they were up anyway, but the team, I don't think they're going to be affected by it. I mean, sleep is important, but when you are in a game and you're about to to really, you know, play, your adrenaline's going, you're not thinking about sleep. You're not tired yet. You're pumped up. So I don't think the sleep is really going to affect anybody. I think if a person had four hours of sleep, could play just as hard as someone who had ten hours of sleep. You know, it's all about... It's all about you, who you are, how bad you want it, how bad you want to play. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. He played during the flu game. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. It's always awesome doing the show and especially having you fans listen. I'm, I enjoy doing it so much. Uh, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, do it now. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, do it at AdamBanks88 or subscribe on iTunes or you can look us up. We have a YouTube channel as well. Look us up on YouTube. We'll see you later, everybody, in the next episode. We will end it with some Lady Gaga because she is the, apparently, singer of the year with Super Bowl and all that. We'll see you later, everybody.